up, listeners? Welcome back to an overdue episode of 94 by 50. I'm Matt, here with Max as always. How you doing, dude? How's it going, Matthew? How's it going, listeners? Great to be back with you guys. Uh, as you said, we're overdue and we've got a lot to catch up on. Kind of quick previews as we're getting to basketball season, a look back on the summer, and then we've also got the World Cup coming up in the winter here too so lots to cover yep um yeah nba schedule starts in just a matter of weeks um a lot of off-season talk pre-season pre-season talk training camp talk to to check up on so i think it's important to just dive right into it yeah definitely um so i'd say like let's start with the nba yeah um, there's been so much that's kind of happened and so kind of just rounding out the big stories from the last month or so here uh, as we get into preseason, which has just started in the last week, um, including, yeah, the Bulls and Knicks playing last night. But before we get to preseason, uh, let's kind of round up the, you know, last kind of big stories from the summer, uh, first and foremost being the Donovan Mitchell trade. Um to the Cavaliers, where he will play his first minutes as a Cavalier tonight. Um, but I guess I would check in with you first on that, seeing that Mitchell, the other very heavily rumored place that he would end up was actually the New York Knicks. So how do you see this trade? Um, are you upset that the Knicks didn't press harder for him maybe? Or how are you feeling about this uh, move? I am a little upset to be honest. He was like Donovan Mitchell said like part of him, you know, he's super happy in Cleveland, but part of him thought and hoped he'd end up in New York. He thought the deal was coming. He wanted to make it happen. Utah um, seemed open to offers. The Knicks wanted to make it happen. The talks started and stopped and started and stopped. And it was kind of a summer long saga. And, you know, the, just comparing who the Knicks could have given up to who the Jazz gave up, or excuse me, to who the Cavs gave up to uh, to get Donovan Mitchell, I think I think the Knicks could have could have made that deal happen with, you know, putting someone like a Julius Randle on the table or an Emmanuel quickly. I don't think they were willing to uh, part with with R.J. Barrett yet, and they just gave Mitchell Robinson a new contract. But I mean, with with the picks the Knicks acquired in this in this last draft by, by trading down. Um, and then the assets they already have on the team, I feel like they had enough player capital to make it happen and they didn't. Um, so yeah, I, I was disappointed to be honest that, that the Knicks didn't go and get him when it seems like in, in retrospect, the trade was uh, affordable for them. Yeah. Manageable, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I could see that, and that's why I did want to ask, just because, it, like you said, it just felt like it was the whole summer long. It wasn't a matter of, like, if it was just when it was going to actually happen, mm-hmm. when the two sides were going to come to an agreement. Um, so it was surprising when it's announced, and he's going to the Cavaliers. But um, on that note, I think this this Cavs team is going to be really fun. We're going to get a, our first look at them t- tonight. But, I mean, it's a scary backcourt when you compare Mitchell, Garland, and then Rubio is going to be back. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, they've got some fun young guys. And then you match them with the trees of the front court, which is just scary right now for Cleveland. So uh, we'll see how it kind of the spacing and everything works out. But I, I think Cleveland's in for a real some sort of contention this year. I, I'm not sure if it's going to be, you know, this is a championship team, but I think this is a team that you're not going to want to play come playoff time if they're able to stay healthy all year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, where do you see the Cavs stacking up compared to kind of the top teams in the East? Miami, Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be hard to say. I think there's something about, you know, I could see them maybe ending up as a higher seed than people most people would think just because they are primarily um, a pretty young team uh, of hungry players. And so I think they might end up having a better record than some of the maybe like the Nets, for example, or the um, Celtics or something where it's a little bit of a kind of been there, done that, like they're waiting for the playoffs to really give it their all. Mm -hmm. Um, So I could see the Cavs being a top three seed this year. Um, but we'll see how far that will take them in the playoffs. But there's a lot of buzz. There's a lot of excitement. And honestly, just with the the size and length of that and the skill set of the players down low, and then having these three very talented guards, two of whom are, I would say, great shooters, you know, can can really, I don't know. I'm not excited to be in the same division as them, to be honest, for the Bulls. Um, I think if you look at the our division right now with Detroit and Cleveland kind of on the up and up, we'll see how things, you know, kind of go. Yeah. Uh, where, where do you see them kind of falling in the, the East pecking order? I think the point you make about them doing well in the regular season is a good one because, um, you know, with, with Miami, we could see Jimmy and um, – Kyle Lowry keeping gas in the tank, if you will, for the playoffs. Same with other guys who are a little older, like Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton in Milwaukee, Philadelphia with Embiid and and Harden. So I think that's going to enable Cleveland to have a really good regular season record. It might take them a little bit to gel. Um, But I I think top four in the East is, is a definite possibility. Um, perhaps too, because other teams could, could take a step back and maybe that's a good segue to talking about Boston and the big news with, with their coach, uh, Ime Udoka being suspended for the whole season. Um, they have, they of course represented the East in the finals last year. What do you think their chances are of repeating as the East representative in the finals, given this change in coaching chaotic uh, sort of turmoil in the offseason, a, a few roster changes, Malcolm Brogdon coming in, Blake Griffin coming in. Yeah, it's tough uh, because I think, you know, if you keep your coach, um, I think a lot of people would look at Boston as having a great shot to run it back again. Um, you know, the East is so tough this year. But at the same time, just like the, their their core trio, then adding, you know, a couple of these nice pieces. I like Brogdon a lot. I think he deserves a chance to really shine. Blake Griffin's a solid veteran. You know, you still got Horford. Like the the pieces are there for another run. 
And especially when you look at like their, their stars are all pretty young and are all playing for like their next massive contract. And I think it remains to be seen how much of a difference being since, you know, last year was Ime Adoka, who's by all accounts, a great coach, but it was his first year. Um, I think as an organization, there's like a culture there that I would say, like, I I don't think it's going to be completely like blown up because of this. But that being said, we also, as of now, which it's been weeks now, we don't exactly know what happened. And there's been some pretty nasty rumors and I don't want to get into any of that, but I don't know how the, how big of a distraction it is for the players um, and could be, or will be going through this season. Yeah. Um, But if they're able to focus, if, you know, Stevens is able to kind of, uh, yeah, keep the eye on the ball, keep the players focused, grow together and find someone. I, I don't know who's the coach right now, but um, if that person's able to kind of step in and just keep the ship moving, I, I, I still think they're one of the premier teams in the league and definitely the East. Yeah, so their interim coach is Joe Missoula. He, uh, I was just reading a little bit about him because I wasn't familiar with the name, to be honest. He, so he's 34, uh, so obviously relatively new to the coaching world. He played college basketball at West Virginia, um, but – I mean, we saw we saw Udoka get to the finals as a first-year coach, but he had been around the Spurs organization, the Celtics organization, for a long time. Um, this is a very different situation of a first-year coach and the pressure to repeat and perform uh, from a coaching perspective for an organization that expects to win. They do. Yeah. The other thing I would say is like, there's also an argument to be made that, you know, if Chris Middleton doesn't, and that's basketball and that's the NBA and that's the playoffs, but you know, with the nets kind of breaking down as a team, you know, Philadelphia hadn't put it all together. Like I think the the Celtics path last year was a little bit easier than it'll be this year. Um, So it's, yeah, it's hard to be like, well, they were the best team in the East last year. They'll do it again this year. It's we'll see what the path ends up being. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about Brooklyn. You mentioned Brooklyn. So there was rumors of Kyrie being reunited with LeBron in LA. That didn't happen. Uh Kevin Durant supposedly demanded a trade. Brooklyn kept its, you know, stood firm on that. Um both guys are still there. We haven't seen much of Ben Simmons still. To me, this team is, is a huge question mark, even though they have two perennial all-stars on their roster. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I just think it's hard to even say much because, like, the potential, the ceiling is obviously there. But, and you know, I think Ben Simmons, he, he looked pretty good in the, their preseason opener. Um, you know, he's running the floor well. He had some nice assists. Um, I'm always I'm very high on Joe Harris. Um, you know, I think he's probably the best one of the best shooters in the league right now, just spot up wise. And to have him back really spreads the floor in a big way. Um, you know, they still have Patty Mills. This team can be so good, but I, there's no one that can really convince anyone that this team is stable at all. You know, and whatever the situation was with KD to leave 
that much of the, you know, the off season in doubt of whether you're going to come back or not. It's just as much as I love Kevin Durant as a basketball player and Kyrie Irving as well, they're two of the most kind of seemingly unstable players and having to rely on and add Ben Simmons to that mix, having to rely on these players to play the full season and to say it's all going to go well. uh, I don't know. Yeah. And yeah, I was texting, texting our little group chat last night saying that the GMs had picked the bucks as the overwhelming favorite to win the finals. Um, You know, I, I think that as speaks as much to um, other teams question marks as it does to the Bucks capabilities. Like the Bucks, the Bucks are a flawed team. I don't think, I don't think they're perfect. Um, but Philly has question marks around them. Miami has, has a great coach and a great system. Um, but Jimmy and Kyle Lowry are aging. Boston obviously has question marks. Uh, Brooklyn has question marks. And then in the Nets, or excuse me, in the West, the Lakers have question marks. Dallas lost Jalen Brunson. Phoenix, we don't know what quite is going on with them, especially after an early playoff exit. Um, so that's that's kind of how I perceive why the Bucks were were picked as the, the finals favorite by the in this GM survey. Yeah, I mean I think it's a really good point. It's just like it's kind of old reliable. You know what you're gonna get out of them barring mm-hmm. injuries, obviously. You know, they the, the culture is established. It's never easy to go in and beat this team, hard nosed team that is a real team that plays well together. Yeah. Um their floor is way higher than most teams. Um and I and I think their ceiling's still yeah. very high too. Um, yeah, I look at them I to just kind of go quickly over them before we get into the Bulls and Knicks quick, their preseason debuts last night. Um, the teams that I am excited that ha- I think have a lot of potential, I am excited for Atlanta Hawks. I think they're going to be a really fun team. Yep, DeJounte um, Murray. Dangerous. Yeah, I think it'll just be on defense. How much of an impact can they make? Um, you know, the – the 76ers they're to me they're not a very exciting team at this point like it feels like they just keep running back pretty much a similar team but i mean maxi's gonna take a maxi's maxi's awesome yeah maxi just a fun player to watch he's really just playing with so much confidence right now you know they they do have harden and beat like they're gonna be tough no matter what and then in the West, the two teams, I'm, you know, I, I'm excited to see the Lakers try and do something a little more this year. But the two teams I'm most excited about, honestly, um, besides, and I think the Warriors is the team in the West. Mm-hmm. But the team I'm most excited for are the Nuggets. Um, Jamal Murray's back. Michael yeah. Jr.'s back. Um, that team with, you know, two-time defending champion, uh, two-time defending MVP, Jokic. Like, that team – cannot be slept on and then if you look at the roster makeup of the clippers you know and that that's another it's another big question mark big asterisk of like what they will actually look like but that team you know when when you start adding up all the players they have with Kawhi, paul george morris and then you have all the players like canard and you know, Zubat, these players who, and even like Amir Coffee and stuff, who got so much playing time, Terrence Mann, 
They got so much playing time that they otherwise wouldn't have because of these injuries. Now, when you slide them back to like seventh, eighth, ninth, like that just makes your team a lot deeper. They brought in uh, or they re-signed Batum, which is great. And then they brought in John Wall, which will be pretty fun to watch. Yeah. Him hopefully have a thing. So there's a lot of good teams on both sides, um, but a lot of question marks. Uh, it's going to be, yeah, we'll see kind of how it goes. Yeah. So the Bulls, um, you, were, you were saying that you think the Bulls could still win the championship when we talked last. Hmm. I <laughs> might have been under the influence a little bit, uh, to be honest. Sorry, listeners. Um, I don't know. I, I haven't seen what I wanted to see out of the Bulls this offseason. And then um, just quickly, and just to touch on it, um, not to go too into depth, but just Lonzo Ball's injury. Um, it's The timeline has been pretty concerning, um, the kind of like – how long it's taking, how it feels like they're back to square one at this point. Um, it's not clear whether he'll be back around Christmas break or whether he's going to be gone for the whole season. And as a two-way player, Lonzo makes this Bulls team work. The way he's able to push it on offense and really, you know, cre- like be able to create for these other great offensive threats and then on defense the way he's able to just pressure the ball um is a massive loss for the bulls um obviously i'm you know i love io to soon and but and i think he you know he showed some nice glimpses last night of kind of taking shots that he i don't he wouldn't have rookie year i still think he needs to be more aggressive but I, we don't have anyone who can just one-to-one replace Lonzo Ball right now. And the other big glaring weakness – and we brought in Drogic, but honestly, he had a terrible – and it's just one preseason game, but he just looks too slow at this point. Yeah, a couple of years past it. Exactly. So, get like a good locker room guy, but if we're asking him to play minutes, it's worrisome. And the other big thing that I think is a glaring weakness for the Bulls is our interior defense. Uh, Vooch is insanely gifted offensively, but defensively we lack a lot. Yeah, does, um, does big drum fill that void for you at all or not really? It's definitely better than, you know, last year we had um, Tony Douglas and um, Tristan Thompson coming off. Yeah. The bench. Um, I can't think of his name. Tony – Tony Bradley. Tony Bradley. Thank you. Um, But, and so he's a step up from them, but it's not enough. And it's not like Drummond's been known for world-class defense in his tenure either. So he's more of a, you know, get the offensive rebound, put it back kind of guy. So um, we'll see. I, I think this is a playoff team, but I would not be surprised with another early exit. Um, and kind of a lower seed. I wouldn't be surprised if we're in the play-in game, um, barring a massive jump from Io or a um, or Lonzo coming back healthy in pre-injury form. So yeah. Uh, do you want to touch maybe on the Bulls? Your thoughts, and then let's go. Let's talk about the Knicks and wrap up NBA for the day. Yeah, yeah. The Bulls. I think you you said it. They don't have a guy who can fill the void of Lonzo. It's going to have to be by committee. Caruso can um, 
Caruso is good on defense. As Lonzo is, Dragic brings sort of the, the ball handling offense runner experience. Io is really going to have to bring, um, I think, fill some of that that scoring void. And I do think Io will take another step. Like he had a he had a great rookie year, to be honest. Um, just was a you know wasn't outstanding, not too many highlight real things, but would, just was so solid um, in the in the Bulls rotation. So he'll he'll need to take another step. Um, but I don't see them as on the on the level of a of a Milwaukee, of a Boston, um, of a Philly. If this James Harden Embiid experiment goes to plan, yeah, I mean that, that's kind of where I'm at too. I you know it, it's a fun team. I'm still thankful, and there's some like bright spots on the team. Compared to where the Bulls were a few years ago, it's massive step up. And I think there's still one kind of um, superstar away, like a one big piece away from um, really competing for a championship. And I'm, I'm hoping that that comes into play this next summer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's talk about, so the Knicks had their preseason debut last night and convincing win. Um yeah, how how are you feeling about things going in? Uh, you know, with Jalen Brunson and just kind of a lot of familiar faces, but still some new pieces to the team as well. Um, I think much higher floor with with Jalen Brunson. I don't see a scenario in which that signing goes poorly or he's a bust at all. Um, he. I think he really proved himself as a consistent performer with Dallas. Um, he's nothing flashy, but he's, he's exactly what the Knicks need in terms of reliability at the point guard position and moving past um, this, the Kemba signing, which just didn't work out with how much we were paying him, what, what was to be ex- what we expected of him versus what he could deliver on not being able to play the second night of back-to-backs just this doesn't jive with with how Tibbs wants to play um I don't I think they'll make they'll probably be in the plan you know as the that's the highest they could go um unless Julius Randle is really in like that all-star form of, of two years ago. I'm not sure how the Knicks um, take a leap into the top half of, of the East. Yeah. It's, um, it's good that league wise, it's so much fun because our teams are probably not going to be pressing much this year. Right. And after that first weekend, of the playing games might that might be it <laughs> i could see us playing each other in the playing game yeah but um yeah still the league's gonna be a ton of fun and then personally just having uh io and malcolm hill on the same team is really awesome and then you think malcolm hill will be on the roster the whole season or at least um, start the season I think to a certain point, yes, because I think his floor is a lot higher than a lot of the younger guys. Okay. That at a certain point, they're like 
the the people he's in competition with, I think will like they're not like younger guys with a ton of potential. They're more just kind of you know it's like Carlick Jones, who's a good player, but it's I, I don't know. I I could see Malcolm hanging around just because the um defensively he's he's real solid and his three point shooting lately has been awesome. He shot over fifty percent from three in summer league, and then I believe he was two for three last night and actually would have been three for four, but uh, there was a moving screen called, but so if he keeps, that's what Illinois products do, man. Yeah. So it's, it that's, you know, it's cool to see two of my favorites. And then Knicks wise, uh, RJ Barrett had a really big game. I think, I I think I agree with what you're saying earlier of like the Knicks weren't ready to let him go. And I think this is kind of the year for him to show that. Yeah. And I think you guys are like your starting five. I think it's very formidable. I think it's just going to be what, what happens with your bench. It can quickly take a step up and et cetera. So. Yeah. I need to see more from Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin. He, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So uh, do you want to transition to college? We have like 10, 15 minutes left. Yeah. Yeah. So Obviously, mainly a NBA podcast, but the couple things we just want to touch on college basketball coming up, kind of how we're feeling. You know, we're a month away from the start of that. Bracketology just came out, had Illinois as a sixth seed and um, Wisconsin as, uh, I believe, last four out. Mm. Um, so I, I think. I don't know. I I mean, we, we don't have to touch too much on it. I think I'm, I'm excited by kind of the reports I'm hearing from Illinois. I think our ceiling is very high, but our floors a lot smaller. Um, sorry, Wisconsin's next four out, but, um, our, our floors a lot lower than it's been, you know, losing Kofi. That's kind of, we lost our floor. Um, it's a lot of new pieces coming together, but they, they keep doing well, and they just got another. Um, since our last podcast, they've got two big recruits, top 100 recruit after top 100 recruit signings. And so the future looks pretty bright for Illinois. Um, it's going to be a really fun team. We'll see how they kind of put it all together, though. I'm surprised to hear your comments about the lower floor, honestly. Um, I mean, Kofi, Kofi was definitely the pillar of that team last year, but with with Matthew Meyer and Terrence Shannon Jr. coming in, among other transfers, um, and both of those guys have a ton of experience, I would I would think that they'd be they'd be pretty stable. You think it's just a, the the floor might be lower because there's a question mark over how every, how everything comes together. I think that's one of them, and then just injury concerns. Like this last year, we really went through the gauntlet, so hopefully we got a lot yeah. of that out. But, like, uh, just, like, especially when I'm looking at our point guard and really, like, our entire season was derailed because of Curbelo having concussion issues last year. Mm-hmm. And he never got right. And without our point guard, our offense just kind of died. And while I'm very excited and very – I know Sky Clark's going to be a good player. It remains to be seen how good his freshman year coming off – an injury um so it's as much as i he's he to me kind of feels like one of the x factors and then when you go down low 
again, it is positionless basketball, and that's definitely like kind of the future. But we're also playing the Big Ten where we're going to see a Zach Eady and we're going to see a Hunter Dickinson and we're going to see Trace Jackson Davis. And right now we have Coleman Hawkins, who's a power forward more than anything, you yeah. know, as, who's going to probably be our starting center. And then our backup is Dane Danger, who, again, <laughs> another player I'm very excited on, not just because of his awesome name, but he, you know, shows it. He's very skilled for a big man, but he's played five minutes of college basketball, you know, yeah. before transferring from Baylor. So it's there's a world where all this comes together. And the the really exciting thing about this season is that they are in massive tournaments. You know, they're going to play UCLA in November and then they're going to either play Virginia or Baylor after that. And then they play Texas as well. So they have these very high-profile matchups, which will kind of let us know where we're at as a team. But there's there's some question marks that need to be answered first. And if they go the right way, then Illinois could have another special season. So we'll see. So we have this, like, super popular podcast listeners, as you know, probably hundreds of thousands of listeners. So no doubt Kerbel uh, is listening. Is there anything you want to – say to him max is just like a parting message now that he's transferred <laughs> uh <laughs> honestly just like when he's healthy one of my, like he's just an incredible player i think he i think it's ultimately for the best um him leaving he's kind of going home in a sense to saint john's uh i think it's funny because in the bracketology this latest one they actually have us matched up against saint john's which okay. would be something that you know of the ncaa would definitely do um, but I think he's going to have a great year and I'll always be rooting for him. And even if he plays Illinois, I hope he gets a triple double in the loss. Um, but one of the most electric fun players I've ever seen. Um, and so just obviously want to be healthy and have a good career. Mm-hmm. But yeah, let's quick go to uh, the Badgers. Anything, anything you want to, I need, we kind of touched on it, but there's less new parts, I guess, this year, or like new parts that are expected to play a lot this year. Right, right. But, um, um, yeah, so, I mean, Wall, I think, needs – Wall was good last year, kind of a do-it-all player, um, good on the defensive end, good rebounder, pretty durable. Um, he's going to have to take another step up in terms of carrying the, the scoring load. Same with Chucky Hepburn. Super reliable freshman point guard was really impressed with his quick development in his freshman year. Um, he's going to have to also share some of that scoring burden that that Johnny Davis left, then Davison left, as will Crowell. I think Crowell has to beef up a little bit um, to deal with some of the the more physical bigs in the Big Ten um, because Wall can't can't guard them all the time. And we lost our backup center, Chris Vote, um, who was a super senior and, and graduated. So uh, I think that the first there or the second four out um, seems, seems right. I think this team will have, you know, probably have some plucky wins and have some upsets, but also just because of the inexperience and new pieces, we'll also probably lose to some of the bottom teams in the Big Ten um, from time to time, like a Northwestern or a Nebraska. 
Um, this is a, another coaching challenge for guard. He, the, the expectations were low last year and largely in part to Johnny Davis's growth, they, they did well. Um, and so he kind of responded to that challenge last year, but he's going to have to do it again for sure. Yeah. And that's, a, I, I, I would bet on the Badgers to do outplay their ranking, you know, the kind of the, some of the parts is greater or whatever mm-hmm. and that's what i've been so impressed with with them and so i could i i'd be surprised if they didn't make the tournament but i do also think that part of it might just be due to um it's just a down year for the big 10 in a in a sense like right they you know it's still going to be a grind there's a lot of good teams but there aren't any elite teams but at the same time you know these elite teams quote unquote didn't really make much noise tournament time these last few years so yeah we'll see how it goes uh this year um but i i hope that doesn't hurt kind of some of the big 10 teams i hope they don't get stuck kind of looking in because of kind of bias of what's happened these last few years for sure for sure um let's get to u.s soccer if that's cool with you um yeah let's end on a uh maybe a depressing but yeah we'll see where we're at (laughs) Uh, after a very lackluster um final window of games they played uh japan and lost 2-0 and were outclassed the entire game i believe i don't believe they had a shot on goal yeah i think three shots total zero on target yep and then um a zero zero a very uninspiring zero zero tie to saudi arabia yeah which these are both World Cup teams, um, and, and Japan played well, but these are not teams. They were dominated by Japan, and they looked not much better than Saudi Arabia. And I, I think that's doesn't make you feel good um, going into these last couple months before the big, right? Less than two months now before. I believe November 21st is our matchup against. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I mean, my, my issue in addition to the results and the collective team performance is just the guys who we really need to perform as individuals are not doing so on club level or international level. I mean, Pulisic, in my opinion, needs, he needs to leave Chelsea if he's not going to get enough playing time. Um, this was a huge year for him um, to solidify his place in the team. He had a new coach. He has a new coach coming in, but he's not seeing much playing time with that new coach either. He didn't see any time today in their Champions League game uh, against AC Milan. Um, Giovanni Reina has been in and out of the Dortmund team with injuries. Tim Way has been injured. Um, even the guys who are in the MLS, like, none of them play for the really the best teams in MLS like LAFC in the, in the West or, or Philadelphia in the East. Um, so I, am just like, if I asked a listener who's, who's really informed for the U S national team and not, not that many guys like McKinney, I guess is doing well. Brendan Aronson is, is doing well with Leeds. Tyler Adams with Leeds. Okay. But, uh, to, their forward line has a huge question mark by it. I don't, I don't know who can play center forward. I mean, the, the three guys who, who Burr Halter called up um, 
to play striker. And this will be my last point, and then I'll turn it over to you, where Ricardo Pepe, and this is in the last international window against Japan and Saudi Arabia, Ricardo Pepe uh, scored one goal in the last calendar year. Jesus Ferreira is doing well in MLS, but hasn't proven it at international level. And Josh Sargent is doing well in, in the second division in England with Norwich City, um, you know, against okay opposition, but he hasn't scored for the U.S. in three years. So yeah. I don't know who's going to – I mean, at the end of the day, we got to score goals, and I'm not sure how we're going to do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's been the big question mark for Burhalter all along, and it hasn't been answered. And to not have the answer this close to being on the world stage um, is frankly alarming. Um, I guess I'll say real quickly. Um, I'll just let's let's put in our guesses for the tables and how we finish. Ooh, okay, I like and it. I like it. I would it. say. Can you name one player that you would like to see that's kind of a fringe player you'd like to see on the roster and one that you'd be pretty disappointed about? Um, I'll go first. I think I'd really like to see Tim Ream. I don't know what's happened. I don't know why he's been kind of iced out. But anytime he's played, I felt a lot of confidence in him back there. Um, he's captaining a team right now. Uh, and he literally plays next to Anthony Robinson, who is a locked-in starter on the left. And I, I would say I have way more confidence with Reem and Robinson on the left side for us, center and left side, than pretty much any other defender right now. Um, and on that note, I think I would – I'm going to be very upset if Aaron Long is starting for our World Cup team. I think it will be a disaster. Both great shouts. Makes sense to have Tim Reeve next to Anthony Robinson since they have the chemistry of playing together at, at club, at Premier League level. Um, I'm, I'll go with another center back, John Brooks. He, he, of course, had that late goal against Ghana way back in 2014. We haven't seen much of him in the national team fold since Burhalter came in. Um, but he plays Champions League level football. And so I'm not sure why he doesn't have a look in. Um, Paul Ariola is one for me that just doesn't, doesn't cut it when I see him play. And I'm, so I'd be um, surprised if he made the roster, though Berhalter seems to like him. Yeah, I, th I think he's going to, but we'll see. All right, to wrap up quick, um, I'm going to say, I think we're going to surprise some people. I think we're going to get take four points out of this. I think we're going to, tie Iran, beat Wales, lose to England. I think we're going to get out of the group. Um, what do you say? I think we'll get second in the group too. Um, Iran has a couple well-known players, but overall they, they don't have a ton of quality or depth. Wales, um, their roster is getting older. Gareth Bale, I don't think is a top, top player anymore. So I'll say as well, we're getting second in the group. All right, listeners, there you have it. Uh, we got to run. Uh, that's our time today, but thank you as always for listening. Always good to talk to you. MK. Take care y'all.